Hey there, listeners. Long time, no radio show? Well, for me. I understand it hasn't been long for you at all. A week or two, something like that. Which is a lot to take in, frankly. And so that's all we're going to say about it right now. But it's me. Not sure you expected to be hearing my voice again. I certainly didn't expect to be back here doing this. But expectations are tricky things and I admit I'm tired of having them. Is there any point to having them when the unexpected seems to insist on being painfully pervasive throughout our lives? Anyways, I hope you're all... all right. Sorry if this seems a little rocky, I'm a little rusty in the, uh, radio department. Especially, uh, pirate radio. (laughs) Never done that before. I'm just looking through what we have to talk about tonight. Yes, right. Not much, (laughs) information-wise, and especially not much that you don't already know. Any information on the incident that occurred two days ago in town was very quickly hidden from us, so aside from Don's minimal first-person account, which we'll be touching on later on, We don't really have a lot to go on. It seems to have scared a lot of you into uh, not talking to us. Which, may I just say, completely and utterly valid. Fear is a thing that no one can blame you for. An instinctual thing. We all feel it. Arched backs seized up shoulders, a prickling spine, and if whatever this is has scared you, then we're scared too. And that's okay. Maybe we should be scared. Scared of the things that have the power to hurt us. I've been informed of a lot these past 48 hours. I understand that there are very few of you, uh, well, for safety reasons, I'll say I'm sure there are none of you who know where we are. And I understand that it's been that way for a while. I just, I wanted to just quickly apologize for that, listeners. Martha's looking panicked. I'm not going to tell you where we are. That's not a part of my apology, or a choice I could or should make for this group. I just... I'm sorry if this separation ever made or makes you feel like we've abandoned you. We haven't. I mean, (laughs) sure, we're physically distanced from you all, and with that comes some emotional distance from the community, but we're still with you... Like this, the sounds of our voices, and we're still working towards, towards, I mean, I I don't know, 
I don't know if the others were putting on a brave face, and I'm sorry if that's what you want, but I don't have the energy to do so. We don't really have any plans. We're... Our minds are still focused on, well, where to go from here. But where do we go from here? Realistically, what do we do? The small part of me that thought, maybe, just maybe, I could come back here, I could come home, and, and everything would be normal, feel normal. I don't know. It was overly optimistic, I guess, but... This is insane. This never even crossed my mind. I've sat here in front of a mic and read broadcast after broadcast about weird shit and strange stuff that shouldn't be possible and honesty time maybe wasn't always the truest, but this? <laughs> I never thought, you know, this... This doesn't even feel real. How can it be real? I... I feel like... I feel like I'm not even here, you know? This is too much. Fucking... I'm sorry, this is too much. I'm sorry, folks. Um... <laughs> this has never happened before. Um... I've never done this before. Uh... I think I need some air, uh... Martha, can we... Uh, sorry about that, folks. It won't happen again. I promise. And I don't want to spoil the little weather report we have later, but it's very nice outside. The wind has settled into a gently ebbing breeze. The grass shifts in the shadow of the mountains, closer than I remember them being. Somewhere nearby, a whippoorwill is calling. The sun has turned in for the night, and there are swirling, shifting, colored lights slowly rising like smoke into the star-studded sky. Those lights and sounds. In some weird way, I miss them. Before, I forgot how deathly quiet the nights can get. How dark and deep and gaping. We're also farther than we were from them before. The low, pulsing, mechanical sound could almost be mistaken for distant music. The lights look more like colored, dancing clouds. 
But there's another sound, folks. Something closer. Something deeper. I've been hearing it since the moment I got back. Do you hear it? That sound. I can't even describe it, folks. I'm not sure our equipment would even pick it up. It's somehow so faint and so piercing at the same time. You might be able to hear it on the air when we're not broadcasting, though. And, okay, you know, I'm just speculating here, listeners, so forgive me for anything contrary that might come about, but this sound, the one you all, according to the others, can't hear, the one I heard when I came back, though am slowly losing my ability to hear, I think it might be connected to the the headaches we've all been experiencing. I know that's a thing going on. The exhaustion. The fog-ridden days. The restless, buzzing nights. At least, at the risk of sounding paranoid, my instincts are saying so are telling me to keep an ear out for something. Something stirring just beneath the air, seeping into our minds. A slow sort of subtle corruption. A slow stream of water. Uh, a river raging the wrong way against some barrier and eventually the dam will break. Think about it. After everything you've seen and heard and put up with, does it sound that weird to say? That what comes through over the air might be dangerous? Beyond just words and their meaning. Well, maybe a little. But not wholly unreasonable. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened, would it? Sorry, that was actually super off-topic. Uh, anyways. We've had a good look around our new basement, and can now confidently encourage you all to do so as well. If you haven't already. If you are someone who now has a basement but did not before, feel free to become as familiar with this new space as you would like. Again, <laughs> maybe you have already. I know you've been in your homes for a few days and maybe got bored, which... Who could blame you for entertaining curiosity? I'm aware there is still an alternate voice inhabiting your speakers when we are not broadcasting, and that voice is telling you not to do so, but, well, it's up to you to choose who you want to listen to, who you trust, which voice, to you, sounds like a friend. Don't you trust me, listeners? Listeners? 
now that I'm back. But our basement. <laughs> Sorry, we did a pretty bare-bones job of talking about it when it first appeared, but it was weird and there was a lot going on. Its qualities are simple enough. Stone stairs leading down into a stone womb. Like Tanner mentioned last time, aside from the texture on the walls and the faint smell of damp earth, there is nothing strange or, more importantly, dangerous about these basements. River, in all of their wonderful ambiguity, keeps calling these burrows a precautionary gift, whatever that means, but given the track record of those they are associated with, we are going to uh, believe them and wait and see what happens. A lot of what's going on right now feels like it's going to be waiting and seeing what happens. But while we're waiting, we've wrangled up a little traffic report for you all tonight. Well, traffic as in foot traffic. Those people, the ones we aren't really supposed to refer to but that aren't the faceless, are out and about as usual. According to my script, we're still in the process of determining if there's some sort of schedule or pattern to their movements, if they're patrolling as opposed to meandering, but we'll let you know if that leads anywhere. So far, per that announcement that came through the airwaves this morning, it sounds like you were all now free to continue, more or less, with your normal daily lives. Normal, perhaps, being a generous word, but school, work... Simply enjoying the familiar ins and outs of town are now fair game, albeit supervised. Please enjoy them doubly on our behalf. Just remember the rules I'm told Tanner outlined for you. And stay safe. I'd like to preface our next update by saying thank you to those who have reached out to us with some new information regarding the recent incident that we were previously unaware of. It's not much, and it's not happy news, but any news is news. It doesn't have to have a moral or emotional association. Information is a gift at the best of times and an asset at the worst. We are grateful for everything we can get, everything you are willing to share, even when it means sharing something we regret to inform you of. And the news we regret to inform you of is this. Dr. Olson has, apparently and inexplicably, vanished. It seems no one has seen him since the incident, which, again for reference, was two days ago now, and we here at the well, not the station, are still unsure of what the incident was precisely. As we're having to maintain a certain distance from the community for now, and it seems that, again, the 
stay-in-your-homes order was lifted only this morning. No one noticed until now that Clark was gone. This is alarming and upsetting news, but important to know all the same. I don't know about you folks, but this makes me feel that prickling on the back of my neck fear that I mentioned earlier. I'm not sure why. It's an unfortunate thing that disappearances aren't that much of a rarity in this town, but but something feels off about this one. And, well, I can't help but feel almost guilty about the idea that Dr. Olsen has been gone for two days and no one noticed. No one knew. Not that it was anyone's fault and I wasn't even here, but still. This actually feels like a pretty good segue into our own understanding of the incident. Don, uh, Officer Carlton has handwritten this portion of the script as it was his own account and he felt nervous about coming on air, but forgive me if I have a hard time reading it, my head hurts and I'm terrible with cursive. Don, do you really write in cursive, like, <laughs> regularly? It's short, half a page, so just give me a second here, folks. Yeah. Okay, so my understanding of this is there was some sort of gathering. Keep in mind, this was before the stay in your home's order was lifted. In the motel parking lot, where a large group of townspeople began, quote, causing a ruckus, unquote, and, quote, captured the attention of a lot of those mysterious folk who seemed to be keeping an eye on things, unquote. Apparently, it was a pretty rowdy scene, and there were even some minor confrontations, but no property was damaged, and as far as we're aware, all those present avoided capture, uh, <laughs> I mean, being arrested. Well... <laughs> We are not sure if Clark was there, and if maybe that is where he disappeared from. It, it sounds like this could be considered a protest of sorts, which... I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. I, I'm sure there are many of you listening who have a substantially better understanding of what happened than we do, and a better understanding of this whole situation than I do. And Clark, if you can hear us somehow... I don't really know what to say here either. We're sorry. We miss you. We know you're gone now. And we won't forget it. I won't confirm whether or not I met with weatherman Todd Stevenson earlier today, and can't definitively comment on whether or not it was lovely to see his familiar face again, but like I said earlier, we do have something by way of a weather report for you tonight, and it is a weather report in that it comes from our very own weatherman, but that is where the technical correlation stops. The report is that all of Todd's equipment was confiscated by... 
those people, but he trusts that we all have enough experiences with the weather to make informed and sensible choices when it comes to outdoor activities. He did say he was immensely surprised that it hasn't snowed at all yet, and could not accurately comment on whether or not we should expect snow in the next little while. But his instincts say that at least the rest of this week, it is going to be very nice out. Todd provided no definition for what very nice out means in scientific terms, so I guess just expect whatever that means for you. Lastly, our weatherman friend also asked if we could do a favor for him on air. Todd, who has been trying all day, has been unable to contact or touch base with anyone involved in the Mountain Watch. He is not sure why, and hopes that the other members aren't just ignoring him. If that is the case, and he did something to upset them, he is unaware of what it could have been and hopes that they might explain the situation to him so he can properly apologize. If that isn't the case, he urges any member who can to do whatever they can to get in contact with him immediately, as the confiscation of his equipment included the monitoring cameras the Mountain Watch uses. A certain local photographer has donated the use of two of their 35mm film cameras, a Super 8, and access to a developing studio in the meantime, but, judging by our beloved weatherman's tone, this loss of equipment does not bode well. Todd would like me to end the report by saying, if you have any information, but are under duress, please, by all means, it is best to keep it to yourself. However, if you have information and are able to safely and covertly share it, please do. You know what, I think that will be our general policy on information sharing moving forward. Listeners, friends, at the risk of coming across, well, grumpy, I only want to say this once. Where I was, what happened, all that jazz, I won't be talking about it. Please, everyone, stop asking. None of you have asked me directly, which I appreciate. Even Todd only gave me some curious, narrow glances. But I know you're asking yourselves, each other, the ether. Curiosity can't be helped, but it's not important. I'm back. Just let me be back. We're reaching the end of what we have for you tonight, folks. Seriously, 
all that's left in my base script is the usual closing section, which is Jess gets to say what she wants for two minutes max. And I'm thankful for the update we got over that last break because I haven't thought of anything yet. I'm still getting used to this. Readjusting. And I'm not sure if the explicit inclusion of this segment is Martha trying to trick me into talking about all that, but anyways, before we get into ending today's show, we do have some additional information on the incident that I'm sure you'll be very interested to hear. Thanks again to those who reached out. Farmer Daniels, sometime during the chaos of the incident, escaped whatever custody he was being held in. This was accomplished, reportedly, with the help of a few now-defected members of the local RCMP, Officers Van Rim and Glendon, as well as citizens John Mulroy, Carla, Shauna Housley, and Herman Blanchard of the Stargazing Club. We won't confirm whether or not we've been in contact with them, but assure you we were given permission to use their names. We could reasonably assume this was related to the disturbance reported in the motel parking lot, and yeah, Carlton is confirming that, in fact, a few of those folks I listed were present at the incident. Furthermore, now I should preface by saying this is an unconfirmed rumor, folks, but it sounds like this group not only freed the wrongfully arrested Daniels, but also broke back into Clarence's property and stole something. Well, I guess not stole, because the property and everything on it was originally his, but you know what I mean. We have no idea what this was, or again, if this is actually true, or where this group might be now, laying low like we are, I imagine. But I don't know. It's exciting to hear something is happening that isn't utterly shitty. I can also swear on air now, I guess. That's fun. I apologize if you're listening with your kids. Okay, now we're at the end of our show. Or at the Jess gets to close off with her thoughts part of the show. And I know what I want to talk about. I got here unexpectedly. Both times. Um, but this time it was a homecoming I didn't really ever see coming. You can hope for things and still never truly believe that they'll happen. But I got here, back here, and, well... They'd made a room for me. They didn't even know I was coming, and yet my friends had set up a room for me in this place. Carlton had even gone to my trailer to grab some of my belongings before it was impounded. My curtains. My kettle. A picture of some of us with James's shadow, because she would never show up in pictures. A box of postcards I kept under my bed. Postcards I would write to my parents once a month, and send knowing they could never be delivered because that address doesn't exist here, and they were always sent back. 
a box of half-blank, half-undeliverable postcards. And... I don't know. I, I was just thinking... Do you think home is a place? A, a physical, definite place. Something quantifiable and graspable or... Or not. If it's a thing you can measure and touch and feel, then it is a thing you can lose. A thing that can die, not in a mortal sense, I guess, but... Something that you can have is something that you can then not have. Was home the world I left behind the first time? Or the way I feel when I miss it? The way I grieve when I think about it? Is home a place, or the memory of that place and the way we carry it with us? Is home the room I stepped into, the room they made for me, or the way the room made me feel? Or is home in the hands that set up the room? The fact that they made me a room at all, is that home? Is home a concrete place, or just somewhere you are always expected, always welcomed? I, I don't really know what I'm saying, I just... I've been thinking about it. I'm glad to be home, though, listeners. Thanks for being my home. Whatever that means. And thanks for tuning in. I'm just gonna keep addressing these to you because, well, I miss talking to you. And you're the one that taught me to record my thoughts, so. It's nice to have something to do aside from just hike and. I'm just stopping to rest and I. I don't know. I can't get out of my head when it's the only thing making any sort of solid noise, so I thought this would help. To talk about it. It was my birthday. I know, it's a stupid thing to keep coming back to, but it was. And, I mean, getting kidnapped and, like, I, I don't know, it... It was a lot. <laughs> I keep reliving it in my brain. It's the worst birthday present ever. <laughs> and now I'm here. Stuck. And if I'm being honest, I don't think I'm gonna last that long. Hopefully, if something happens, if this gets found or reaches someone somehow... 
at least someone across time and space and whatever lies in between will know what happened to me. Will hear my voice. My parents still don't know what happened to me. You don't know what happened to me, but... But maybe someone will, and I'll keep recording these until they do, or... Or until I can't anymore. You know, I'm starting to feel like I've gone through so many existences that I don't exist anymore. If someone's listening to this, don't feel sorry for me. I've given up on going home. Not Brayden, but home. I don't think I can live trying to move backwards anymore. Life is a one-way street where the speed limit is always changing and traffic is somehow always clear and always backed up simultaneously. It propels us forward like the snow melting on the mountain turning into a rushing river of glacier water and gravity whether we're ready for it or not. And I think, even if I could go back home, there wouldn't be a place for me anymore. I wouldn't belong there anymore. But Brayden? I haven't given up hope on that yet. Not yet. I don't think I can move forward without it. Speaking of... <sighs>